a.m. Hiya. So, do you know what month it is? I am aware of what month it is, yeah. June. June. What does that mean? Pride month. It's Pride month. Woo! Woo! Round of applause. (laughs) So, the rainbows are going up. Mm -hmm. The gay reality TV shows are taking over. You've been watching uh, Ultimatum. Oh, have I? I've watched it three times in two weeks. That's upset. That's, that's, you know. Wait, three times round? That's not healthy. And I was watching it with someone and then I couldn't help but watch more. <laughs> and then I had to watch it with them pretending I hadn't watched it. That sounds like you've got a bit of an issue. Actually, yeah. Well, oh. they all have issues too, so. Sure. <laughs> um, you felt seen and heard, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, mm-hmm. despite all that, yeah, fun and good vibes and, you know, hanky-panky. I thought we really ought to remember that Pride is a protest. Yep. It started as a protest and everything we have all over the world is about one moment. So I've decided to go through some really charismatic, fruity protests. Mm. Some you may have heard of, some you may not have heard of. Okay. To show you how the space we stand in now Mm -hmm. has been achieved through some very eccentric, fantastic direct action. Fantastic. We still need that creativity in our process. Well, we still are, I think. I think it's still happening. Definitely still need it. So, here are some of the most iconic, queerest, no-fucks-given protests of all time. Number one. Do it. Thank you, Emma. There we go. Thank you for prompting me. (laughs) It's the infamous Stonewall Riots. Now, we've all heard of them. I have heard of these. We have all heard of them, but I thought... 1969? 1969, baby. That's the one. But I thought it would be um, good to go go through the story. We can't really start without it, can we? You can't have pride without it, to be honest. Exactly. We literally... Well, I'm taking the words right out of my mouth. (laughs) The reason we have pride in the first place Mm -hmm. was because of this protest, this riot, this uprising, whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. And it laid the foundations for gay rights and liberation. It certainly did. So I'm going to tell you the story. It all took place yeah. one summer evening at the Stonewall Inn in Greenwich Village, New York City. I'm going to give you some context, Em. Okay? Hit me with some context. So by the 1960s, every state in the US had anti-sodomy laws. Yes. And queer people often moved to metropolitan cities like New York, San Francisco, Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. Now, the police departments in these cities wanted to crush gay life basically they deemed it to be immoral and they created morality squads within their police departments that doesn't sound fun it's not fun it they're not a vibe oh. you wouldn't want to be part of the morality squad would you no and they were tasked with cleaning up the streets which basically meant the violent oppression of gay people and gay life in general and that uh, these police departments used to use entrapment techniques to arrest queer people. Entrapment? What does yeah, that mean? it's kind of tricking them into thinking that they were going to solicit sex and whatnot oh, and then God. arresting them. And they would regularly raid and attack queer people in their safe spaces. But on the 28th of June, 1969, the Stonewall Inn was raided by the police in the early hours of the morning. This raid was different. Right. And queer people fought back and three days of unrest followed. Wow. Three days. That's a long... Could you... Riot for three days? You wouldn't have your butties and your... I know, I do like my bagels. Coffees? Would I have 
time to have a baby. <laughs> maybe. It's New York, baby. <laughs> yeah. So that's a lot of mustard up Desperation. Energy. Yeah, desperation. They were and ready to do that. Lesbian and trans people of colour were some of the key people involved. Marsh P. Johnson. In the act of resistance, Marsh P. Johnson, ding, Sylvia ding, ding. Rivera, yeah, huh? and Stormy De La Viri, oh, the one, two, Three of our superheroes. Our favourites. Now, Sylvia Rivera mm-hmm. was just 17 years old when the Stonewall riots 17. happened. She was there, she right was. at the start. And this is her account of what happened. Okay, so you want me to read them? Yeah, I'd like you to read it. Go on, Em. The night of the Stonewall riots was a very hot, muggy night. We were in Stonewall Bar and the lights came on. We all stopped dancing. The police came in. We were led out of the bar and they cattled us all up against the police vans. The cops pushed us up against the grates and the fences. People started throwing pennies, nickels and quarters at the cops. And then the bottles started. But then we finally had the moral squad barricaded in the Stonewall building because they were actually afraid of us at that time. They didn't know we were going to react that way. We were not taking any more shit. We had done so much for other movements. It was time. It was the great gay people from the village out front, homeless people who lived in the park in Sheridan Square, outside the bar and then drag queens behind them and everybody behind us. We were ramming the door of the Stonewall Bar with an uprooted parking meter with the police inside the bar. They were ready to come out shooting that night. Finally, the tactical police force showed up after 45 minutes. A lot of people forgot that for 45 minutes we had them trapped in there. All of us were working for so many movements at the time. Everyone was involved with the women's movement, the peace movement, the civil rights movement. We were all radicals. I believe that's what brought it around. You got tired of being just pushed around. Nice, Emma. So yeah, that was Sylvia, 17 years old, who was there on the streets fighting for three days. What I think is really nice about that account is you can literally tell she's just like running it through in her head of mm. what she did. This is what happened and this is what happened. Like it makes it so real hearing a first-hand account. Yeah, and almost that she can't believe that they... They did it. That they did it and that yeah. that moment existed. That they were the ones scaring the police. You know, they mm. were the ones in charge. It was like a trigger in history and I think she knew that she was on the trigger. A turning point. Turning, yeah. And she, like, you can tell in that account that she knows it. Mm-hmm. You can feel the excitement mm-hmm. and the kind of, the revolutionary zest of it. Exactly. This is Sylvia reflecting on the Stonewall riots in hindsight. So she says, I'm glad I was at the Stonewall riot. I remember when someone threw a Molotov cocktail. I thought, my God, the revolution is here. The revolution is finally here. I always believed that we would have to fight back. I just didn't know it would be that night. I am proud of myself for being there that night. If I had lost that moment, I would have been kind of hurt because that's when I saw the world change for me and my people. Of course, we've still got a long way ahead of us. So that's crazy, right? She really thought that moment was the revolution. In a way, it was the revolution because out of that Stonewall riots came the Memorial of Stonewall riots, which was Pride, the first Pride in 1970. Mm -hmm. And then out of that, came the Gay Liberation Front, which achieved the Gay Rights Bill in America and inspired movements all over the world to also achieve gay rights in their countries of origin. So how old is Pride? It's only 54 years old. That's, that's like the, the age of my, my parents. Yeah. Like if you were to look at someone that's 54 years old when they were born, that was happening. Mm-hmm. And that is just incredible because look how far we've come in 54 years. I wonder what the next 54 years are going to be. At this moment in time, Pride is a protest for the trans movement. We now have to take the energy from that and put it into this. Yeah. We have to reappropriate that moment. Yeah. For trans people now. A hundred percent. Like you can't forget about those people. No. 
So, number two. Mm-hmm. This is the second protest I want us to remember. Yeah. The Dyke March. Not heard of this one. You've not heard of the Dyke March? No, you'd think I would because that's like something I'm into, marching dykes. <laughs> yeah, you would, wouldn't you? <laughs> well, let me tell you about it then, Emma. So the Dyke March takes place in New York City and mm-hmm. it's a radical gathering of thousands of fabulous lesbians and queer women mm-hmm. in all their unique beauty. And this year is actually its 30th anniversary. But where did this phenomenon come from? Yeah, please tell me. In 1993, mm-hmm. in Washington, D.C., mm-hmm. one million queer people joined a march on Washington for lesbian, gay, and bisexual rights and liberation. This was one of the largest protests in American history. However, mm-hmm. the night before, a group calling themselves the Lesbian Avengers had an additional plan. The New York Lesbian Avengers organized the logistics of the march. Right. And created a manifesto addressing the necessity of grassroots lesbian organising. Which I have here. (laughs) (laughs) This is the Dyke Manifesto. So it says, Mm -hmm. Calling all lesbians, Mm -hmm. wake up! It's time to get out of the beds, out of the bars and into the streets. It's time to seize the power of dyke love, dyke vision, dyke anger, dyke intelligence, dyke strategy. It's time to organise and incite. It's time to get together and fight. We're invisible, sisters, and it's not safe. Not in our homes, not in our streets, not on our jobs, not in our courts. Where are the lesbian leaders? It's time for a fierce lesbian movement, and that's you. The role model, the vision, the desire. We need you, because we're not waiting for the rapture. We are the apocalypse. That is incredible. (laughs) I feel like they were speaking to me there. It's great, isn't it? Yeah. And we need more of these (laughs) manifestos. They're very good. They're very guiding. I feel like someone should read that to me every morning. I'm like, ah, you're right. So the Lesbian Avengers handed out 8,000 manifestos demanding that lesbians gather at 5pm the Mm -hmm. night before the March on Washington, scheduled for the next day. 20,000 lesbians showed up and that night they walked together at night to the National March. As one dyke march shouted, this is the largest lesbian demonstration in the history of the world. This was the first time that so many lesbians had gathered together in public. Wow. Must have been a vibe. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you know what we should probably do? We should probably rewrite the Dyke Manifesto for the modern era. Don't you think? You and me. Yeah. We'll get on that. Anyway. (laughs) Um, We could probably get in touch with the writers. Sarah Shulman was one of the Lesbian Avengers. So lesbians from LA made a huge banner. Mm -hmm. The Dykes from Philadelphia came with a huge vagina puppet, which they walked through the streets of Washington and the lesbian Avengers assembled in front of the procession eating fire to rouse the crowd I should say I was not expecting that now the march was so successful that the lesbian Avengers decided to organise a march in New York City just a month later the night before the anniversary of Stonewall aka New York City Pride but they didn't have a permit to do it but they said screw it this is our First Amendment right to protest, mm-hmm. and we will do this year on year without mm-hmm. a permit until we are truly liberated. What does truly liberated mean to them? Well, liberated from the heteronormative patriarchy, I suppose. Hmm. You know, that old over chestnut. the hill and far away. <laughs> so the march continues to this day. I've never heard of it before. It looks incredible, Emma. Does it? There's biker lesbians leading the march. There's people holding lit torches in the middle of the street and they're all marching together for queer liberation. Shouldn't we go? We should definitely go. (laughs) But yeah, it still has no permit, but it allows it to occupy that space as a queer radical protest. And by God, thank 
God for lesbians, don't you think? <laughs> don't I think? I think it every day. <laughs> Pride is a protest. And the lesbian Avengers, well, they're our leaders. <laughs> so thanks, gals. Okay, Emma. Protest number three. Protest number three. This is our final protest that I'm going to tell you about in this episode. So, I'm going to spin the globe a little bit. I'm going to move it right here to the UK, London specifically, just up the road, actually, Emma. This is the Festival of Light Action of 1971. Not that many people know about this one. Okay. And I actually read about it in Dan Glass's book, Queer Footprints, which you should definitely all read. So, I'm going to give you a bit of context of what happened. Mm Mm-hmm. In the 1960s, new ideas about equality, gender, and sexuality started to be solidified in law. Women had the right to abortion, homosexuality was decriminalised, and rights to divorce were loosened. But as we know, with great progress comes great backlash. Mm. We're literally seeing that today. Well, it's visibility, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. So once you're made visible, yeah. and once you're made legitimate... Mm-hmm. Target on your head. Then society has to face you. Yeah. Properly. If it's not the status quo, then they're not going to be happy with it, are they? No. Well, yeah. It's a highly confrontational to uh, love someone of the same gender or <laughs> identify as how you want to. Mm. It's a kick in the f***ing teeth, Emma. <laughs> <laughs> so, mm. at this time in the UK, the Christian Church organised the Festival of Light. Sounds fun. It's not. (laughs) So this was to kick off its campaign to fight pornography and moral pollution, as they called it. Right. Which, in other words, was the the liberation of queer people and women, basically. Classic. Um, Yeah, so it was a big evangelical Christian campaign, basically, that started taking place in the UK, which I didn't know we had too many of them, but we did, apparently, in 1971. And thousands of people went to gather in the Methodist Central Hall in central London Mm -hmm. to pray for the morally bankrupt and begin the campaign for moral purity within the British society. It was basically a big, big woodstock for... Prude people. For prude, homophobic Christians. However, all the while... The Gay Liberation Front that had formed in the UK mm-hmm. were hatching a plan. And in their final organising meeting, they were all handed a note by the leading organiser saying... I'm just on my, the edge of my seat. Enter the hall in small groups. Act unobtrusively. Dress conservatively. Act cool. Make no sign of protest until it is your turn. <gasps> this is something out of a movie! The plan was called Operation Rupert. Name my dad that. Well, you know what? He's in fine company because it's a pretty good bloody operation. (laughs) So London's Gay Liberation Front Mm -hmm. coordinated with people from Women's Liberation Movement. My granddad would have been involved in this. Was he? Yeah, he was big on the women's movement stuff. He used to go to all the protests. You should ask him. Probably, probably knows about this. Does he remember? Maybe that's what my dad was called after. Dun dun dun. (laughs) And they aimed to disrupt the rally mm-hmm. using what they called radical drag. Oh, this is beautiful. It's good, isn't it? Yeah. So they printed out hundreds of fake tickets to get into this festival of light thing in the church. So the protesters entered the church in secret mm-hmm. and then it began. Oh my God. Now this is very British, Emma. So as the... Br- I'm expecting Johnny English to be swine to swing in... You you don't know it was about to hit you, mate. Really? Mm-hmm. So as the bishop started speaking, yeah, the protesters start clapping, but clapping too much 
they wouldn't stop clapping. So every time he tried to speak, they were just still clapping. And people start going, what's going on, you know? So then at the same time, yeah. banners start to appear. They're dropped from the balconies and whatnot. Then stink bombs are set off. Stink bombs, I've noticed actually in reading about all these protests, big, big thing for the gay protests. They love their stink bombs. <laughs> Don't get many of them anymore. And one protester starts blowing bubbles from the balcony. All of a sudden, there are gay people all over the church shouting and, and kissing each other passionately in the aisle. Incredible. <laughs> yeah, it gets better. It so, gets better. Yeah. There's more. So drag queens disguised as blue nuns take to the front of the stage and start can-can dancing. Oh my God. With their hairy legs on display. <laughs> and as they do this, they release 50 white mice into the church. There are mice flying around everywhere. There's can-can dancing nuns. <laughs> There's people blowing bubbles from the sides. Everybody's getting with each other in the aisles. It's going off, man. <laughs> <laughs> and the crowd start to panic. And the, the security start removing the queer activists from the hall and try and get the choir to stand up to cover up the sound and to sort of <laughs> implore some normalcy in the church. So the choir start going, these drag queens are getting dragged out, there's mice everywhere, everyone's crapping themselves. That's brilliant. And that's it. The Festival of Light movement collapsed soon after <laughs> and never recovered. And the women and the gays were victorious once again. So that was the Festival of Light Action of 1971. And that actually happened. You can go to Westminster, you can see that church, and you can imagine it all. These blue nuns, the can-can dancing, the mice, oh, the stink bombs, the bubbles, the kisses, the madness, the choir. <laughs> God! Netflix, if you're listening to this, you know what to do here. I mean, music videos... If yes. you make music videos, <laughs> make that into a music video, for God's sake. It's incredible. Sam Smith, want to make a music video like this, please? <laughs> That'll cause some controversy. So yeah, that is my top three queer protests. Mm -hmm. I think there'll probably be some more to come, because in my research, I found some wild ones. And they just <laughs> keep coming, and we just don't have time this week to explore anymore. But yeah, I think what it goes to show is that not only like are gay people, do gay people need protests and the pride is a protest and it's that protest needs to have pride, you know, protest needs to have queers. The protests are insane. They're, you know, electric, they're mental, they're expressive, artistic, mm. rageful. Yeah. We need to remember that these actions that were taken for us they didn't do it with misery. They did it with yeah. humour and joy yeah. and and it's hilarious. And when yeah. you laugh at something like that, when you laugh at people like yeah. who are like, you don't get to exist and you're immoral and you're... When you make a joke out of it, it completely removes the power from it. That is so exciting. Isn't it? Yeah. So get your thinking cap on him. Get your thinking cap. Maybe we should go down to <laughs> Westminster with our mice. I think we need we we could you we could, we could dress better. as mice. <gasps> we could dress as gay drag mice. Oh my god. We could run around <laughs> the palace. <laughs> we're going a bit crazy now. <laughs> this yeah, you're right though. I love that. Like you're right. 
queer protest has an element of joy in it. And that is just beautiful because it makes it so queer. Let's go, going forward, let's make pride and protests just fruity as f***. Yeah, fun. Fun, fun, fruity and f***y. No, no. (laughs) Sorry, I stumbled on my words there. They are brilliant. Thank you for enlightening my day. I knew about Stonewall, didn't know about the Dyke March, didn't know about the Festival of, the, of Light. That was my favourite one. Mm-hmm. It has to that's be said. That's crazy, man. Yeah, it's, 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 that's the sort of thing that I think people will hear and take inspiration from. Mm, it's really nice to hear that people in the past have like done that and it's worked. And it's like, there's hope for the future and what we can do mm-hmm, in our totally. lifetime. Let's have fun with it. Isn't it? It reminds me of that phrase, if you can't dance, it's not my revolution. Oh, I like, I've always liked that phrase. Yeah, beautiful. If it's not queer, if you can't dance, mm-hmm. you can't get your hairy legs out and bring your mice along. <laughs> and it's not my f-ing revolution, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and on that note, thanks, Hest. Happy bloody Pride, Em. Thank you. Happy may, Pride. May we see some things this season mm-hmm. that we've never seen before. Oh. And if you listen, if you're listening to this, send us the stuff that send us things that like are crazy and that are happening right now because it is happening right now mm. it never stopped and it and it never will yeah how are you, what are you doing your little pride protest yeah tell tell us about the madness please cuz i mean i've seen some things recently mm-hmm. and they are wild i think we're getting back we're getting back to our gay liberation grandparents you know we are we are, we owe them something and we're going to f- smash it Let's do them proud, guys. Yeah. Thank you so much, Hester. That's been everything for today. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. Remember to like, share, subscribe, follow, do all the shebang. Do the bits. Um, And we'll see you next week. Lots of love. Love you. Bye. Happy Pride. Woo!